Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Talk about a surge in COVID. In the past week, the number of cases has increased by 47%. So, as the virus takes hold again, are the vaccines still protecting us? Today, co-host of the Coronacast podcast and host of Radio National's Health Report, Dr Norman Swan, on how COVID is defying all odds and could interrupt yet another Christmas. Norman Swan, I want to take you back first to 2020 when the Ruby Princess arrived in Sydney. Well, you're really challenging me here, Sam, because I can barely remember what happened last week in this pandemic. (laughs) You're really stretching the few neurons I've got left. We really had an old-fashioned view of how this spread, thinking it was 1.5 metres and it was you know, through contact with surfaces. We now know that's really not how it spreads. It spreads through breathing in other people's air. The Ruby Princess cruise ship is considered the single biggest source of coronavirus infections in Australia. This morning, the cruise ship doctor, Port Kemba... And I can't remember exactly the dimensions of the outbreak, but it was a lot. There were, there were a lot of people on that boat, and it's totally unclear how many people were actually infected. And, the effect, and effectively, New South Wales Health dropped the ball and people weren't properly monitored when they, when they were on the ship and they were allowed off. And it's estimated that that caused a very significant outbreak of COVID-19. And the estimate is that about 28 deaths. Despite knowing more than 120 passengers and crew had been held in isolation over a suspected flu outbreak, the New South Wales Health Department's experts assessed the vessel as low risk. Nearly 3,000 passengers were allowed to disembark in Sydney in March. A public inquiry has heard fewer people on board were tested for COVID-19 than influenza. The Commissioner Brett Walker SC called it a reprehensible shortcoming from New South Wales Health. Mm, it was a really intense time and it was in a pre-vaccinated world and how things have changed, Norman, because on the weekend, another huge cruise ship docked in Sydney, this time the Majestic Princess, and masses of people on board had COVID. So at least, uh, they say about 800 people on board had the infection, 600 people were put ashore with very rudimentary information about what they should do, reportedly. And, uh, you know, just advised not to take public transport. And the different context we've got now are two, is twofold. One is we now have vaccination and antivirals. But secondly, we, um, we also have a wave that started several weeks ago, which is really now getting going in significant numbers. And it's unlikely that another 600 would be measurable against that. Whereas the Ruby Princess landed on virgin territory and um, virgin territory in terms of our immune systems and virgin territory in terms of the fact that they were the only game in town in terms of, really, in terms of COVID-19 in Australia. Mm, well, Norman, let's have a look at that fourth wave that we're told we're entering. 47% increase in the number of cases. Very pleasingly, um, a 43% increase in the use of oral 
antiviral treatments. I would reiterate again, and we, 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 we say this at every press conference, now is the time to get vaccinated if you are. What does it mean? What are the numbers? What are the variants? What are we seeing? Yeah, I'm not sure where the fourth wave idea comes from. It's, it's probably more than that in different parts of Australia, but it's another wave. And again, to put that in context, in the first year of the pandemic, this behaved like pandemics have for thousands of years. And we instituted measures, which they've also done for thousands of years, shut our borders, tried to stop people infecting others, so stop contagion. But then the hope was that as we were exposed to this virus, we'd get used to it, the virus would get used to us, and it would all start settling down. And that's not what's happening. So what's happening is that every few months, a new subvariant or variant appears because the virus has learned to mutate around the immune system. And then it spreads. So regardless of your previous experience of the infection, regardless of your experience of vaccination, it gets around that and infects large numbers of people, which is what happened in Australia. We were, at the beginning of this year, we were highly vaccinated, um, and yet we got a massive wave which killed 13,000 people. And the other thing that, that has not happened with this virus is the expectation was that the complications of the virus would become less as our immune system got used to the virus. Well, the virus isn't allowing us our immune systems to get used to it. Uh, the good thing about vaccination is that it does bring the risk of complications down quite dramatically, but it's still significant numbers, 5 or 6% for long COVID. Now, tens of thousands of people are getting infected. 5 or 6% is a lot of people. And 1% for get, getting serious complications like heart attacks and strokes and other things um, is still a lot of people. These waves, even though we're vaccinated, the vaccination a year ago protected against infection, but now it no longer protects against infection. You get infected, but what the vaccine does is it protects you against getting seriously ill, assuming that you're up to date with your vaccines. So there's a new sub-variant and that's spreading now and that's causing tens of thousands of new cases of COVID. Yes, and well, there's more than one. Mm. So there's a, there's a group of these. There's goes by XBB, BQ1, BQ1.1, and they're, they're muscling out BA5. And in fact, they've, they've already effectively muscled out BA5. BA5's dropped to below 50% of current infections in Australia and these new variants. Now, so far, none of these new variants are pushing out the others. So we don't have a huge dominant one. That may appear as time goes on. Norman, the big difference with this wave of COVID, of course, is there are no restrictions in place. So no isolation rules, no mask mandates. So does that necessarily mean that this wave will be worse than the last wave? So what's going to happen is that the likelihood is that this will spread very quickly because there's very little to stop it. Although I just need to tell you about some really interesting research from Israel, which I think came out last week. And it's into the fourth dose. So remember, five million Australians haven't had their third dose yet, which means for many of them, it's maybe as much as a year, if not more, since they had their second dose. So they've got no, no protection against infection and they've got declining protection against severe disease. The third dose brings you right back up there and the fourth dose brings you up as well quite well. But what they were looking at 
in this study was not the protection against severe disease. They were looking at the protection against infection. So whether you get the bug in the first place. And what they showed was that after the fourth dose, you actually got quite good protection against infection. It didn't last very long. It lasted maybe four or five weeks and then declined. By the time it was at 16 weeks post-immunization, it was down to zero. But what that means is that now, if you haven't had your booster, your third or your fourth dose, now is a really good time to get it. But to slow it down, we've really got to be wearing masks. On those vaccines, I mean, I've had, as I assume you have had, the fourth shot, the second booster, way back in July. Can't I now just have another booster, another shot, to protect me during this next wave? I mean, there'd be lots of people in that position that just want to have another shot now just to give them that additional bit of protection. When you look at the Israeli data, the people who benefit most from the fourth dose are 50 years and over. So if you've had the fourth dose, you're under 50, you're at lower risk of severe disease, and you're probably pretty well covered as well. And remember, you're not covered against infection. So you're going to get the infection anyway, but you're pretty well protected. And there's interesting evidence from repeat infections um, where they've looked at the immune system in the lab, where the immune system seems, when you expose it to these new variants, the immune system seems to be stuck in a memory of the original virus and the original vaccine and has trouble adapting to the new one. And so there's a growing belief that maybe if we can get away with it, just extending the time to the fifth dose would be a good idea and you might get more benefit from it. Uh, remember, of course, that people who are immune compromised and who've got cancer, they can have the fifth dose now because you know, they, they are highly vulnerable. Norman, we are just five weeks, it's hard to believe it, but five weeks from Christmas. I've had a few people say to me that they're worried that they might catch COVID around Christmas time and, you know, put elderly relatives at risk. So please tell me that this wave isn't going to interrupt festive season once again. <laughs> uh, the people I know who know what they're talking about with this virus have stopped predicting anything. Mm. So, you know, it's possible that if it goes completely nuts very quickly with no restrictions, it'll go into a dip. Mm -hmm but that would be quite devastating because a lot of people get sick and our hospitals could become overwhelmed. Mm. I think it's likely that it will be still there at Christmas. And I think that people just need to um, look after themselves. If they're worried about that sort of thing, they should start wearing N95 masks in all indoor situations. And um, if they've got symptoms, stay at home. And then at Christmas, hopefully it's a nice day and we're all outside and it's a low risk situation. And these waves, Norman, is it indefinite that they'll keep coming? They'll just keep coming and coming. They're going to be a feature of our lives for a long time to come. Not necessarily. If we develop um, nasal vaccines where you, instead of getting an injection, you squirt it up your nose or indeed swallow it, but probably squirt it up your nose, and that will protect the surfaces of your airways. And that actually could break the cycle. And there are about 100 of these nasal vaccines in, in, uh, in research. Mm -hmm. Or it could just stop. Um, it's such a mystery. 
The worry that people who know what they're talking about have is that this virus has an ability which is extraordinary to infect a multitude of animals. You know, influenza, it's pigs and birds. But this one can go into other animals like deer, mink, cats, and so on, and then come back out again. And the risk is that our domestic animals or maybe our farm animals get COVID-19, and then it genetically mutates in those animals and comes back out again. But we've got vaccines, we've got antivirals, and we've got new vaccines on the way, and vaccines will be our get out of jail here. Norman Swan is the co-host of the Coronacast podcast. Find it on the ABC Listen app. 5.5 million Australians have not had a third dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. 3.2 million over the age of 50 have not had a fourth dose or second booster. The immunisation advisory group, ATAGI, is not recommending a third booster or a fifth shot, but expects to do so next year. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.